We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, sort of. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish, the adventurous Rohan Kadi, not here today. Instead, I've got the steadfast, the mysterious, <laughs> the insightful Jordan Tresky. You get three, Jordan, for joining me on this pod. How's it going, sir? I like steadfast. It's a good word. It is. I let the people have to use it more. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. The owl's hoot. You are steadfast. That That's how this <laughs> one's going to go. If you're somehow not aware, I'm sure you are, but Jordan, regular winning six host. We're coming together here on a Monday morning. Just pretend we're recording on Monday morning, too. But to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, who, after a Boston Celtics loss, their second straight loss to the Orlando Magic, this one without Jason Tatum, but still, the Bucks now .5 games behind the Celtics for the best record in the East and in the NBA. So we're going to go over a lot of the reasons that is, which, I don't know. Uh, first, I want your take on this, Jordan. Just before we even dive into the specific like reasons, does it feel to you that the Bucks have, I don't want to say been underwhelming, because clearly they have a great record and they're like they're winning games. But night to night, I don't think this team has really hit its stride yet. And that's why I find the standing so funny, because all the talk for the whole season basically has been like it's Boston. Boston's the best team. Boston's in another world. And they've played a harder schedule, a bunch of stuff. I get it. But it's just kind of funny to me that I feel like the Bucs, they've had some great moments, they've had some really convincing wins. But I feel like there's like one game every week or 10 days where I'm like, oh, they kind of didn't have it. And maybe they pull out the win. Maybe they don't. But I don't know. What, what is your thought just on the vibe of this season? And are you surprised that you look at the standings and the Bucks are, you know, right now as we record, half a game behind Boston? Um, I certainly have had that feeling creep in a little bit over the last couple of weeks, especially as what they were 10 and 0 and now they've gone 10 and eight since since being toppled yeah i whoever that they lost to uh however 11 11 and eight now after after the oh, yeah. jazz game yeah um 
So yeah, definitely it's been more uneven, but that's also been guys are coming out, guys are coming back, and it's even with Chris coming back, it hasn't been like full like sail ahead. He's still missed games. He plays a game, gets leaves midway through the Rockets game. Like it's still like as we are gonna about to get into, like it's still not like this team is like full strength, yeah, all systems go kind of thing. They're still working some kinks up. And I think that kind of makes sense given just how Chris was we knew Chris was gonna be gone. Pat gets hurt middle of the of training camp. That's a big blow. And then it's like, okay, we're gonna just this is who we are for the first however many games it was. We got our starting lap. We're not gonna really move around from that. We have Bobby coming off the bench. Like everything was just kind of like you knew it was happening night in, night out. Now it's like, okay, we're going to take some things easy. They're obviously going every day or every other day at this point until um, until Christmas. Yeah. And so it's a harder stretch for Reed because of all those different factors that they just kind of want to get some guys some rest because, I mean, now we're, what, two months in the season now? So, like as much as it has like crept up on us that like this season is <laughs> starting and now it's like, oh, we're actually in the thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's been it's been harder to kind of just gauge where the team is at overall. But personally, that doesn't make me I'm not that much or I'm not that surprised by where they are still because first of all, like the NBA is just parody on top of parody. Yeah. It really before Boston sliding and Bucks to a certain degree too. It has been just a huge jumble out west. Um, even the Cavs, they were kind of going through their own messy stretch and now they're kind of hitting their stride too. But it's not, I don't think we're obviously not seeing like the overwhelming like Bucks of the, a couple years ago or like the Warriors or the Phoenix Suns of last year. There's not that team this year and that it can be good in some ways, but it can also be as a fan of a team i think that could also be kind of frustrating because things are gonna be really thin margin by the end of the uh, end of the year so it puts even more importance on winning the one seed if you're still if the bucks are still in it obviously getting home home court over boston all that stuff so yeah that's a lot of different reasons that <laughs> where i'm standing but i just i'm trying to take the whole nba picture yeah this year into context of where the bucks stand the fun the funny thing about the west one two right now is memphis new orleans which i don't know if would be shocking before the year but i think probably be a little surprised especially at new orleans new orleans more more so the funny thing about new orleans second in the west on a three-game losing streak and they're just one game behind memphis and memphis and third in the west denver are also on losing streaks one each for them also i misspoke and disrespected the milwaukee bucks Currently in first place in the NBA. Oh. One less win, one less loss than Boston, but a better winning percentage right now. So it's saying they're tied, but the Bucks are ahead. I never understand the less games versus more games thing, but they give the benefit of the doubt to the team who lost less. So the Bucks, best record, best winning percentage in the NBA, entering games on Monday. They obviously have a game Monday night against New Orleans. That will determine if they will remain there or not, or if New Orleans' losing streak will continue. I think it's a good point. I don't want to sound like I'm a Debbie Downer about the Bucks. It's not that I've been watching them like, 
oh, they're not good enough. They don't deserve. No, it's not that. I think it, it's just been noticeable and it's been true that they haven't had the full squad. And even if you and we'll get to Ingles near the end here, he's supposed to play tonight as you're listening to this. Hopefully Monday night, we're going to confirm that when the injury report comes out. But it's it sounds like pretty much a done deal. Uh, Mark Bartlestein has been telling Woj about it for like a week at this point. Uh, I don't think they're going to change their minds. But um, even not even counting angles, just putting him aside, like once they got Chris back, I mean, I'll, I'll have to check the numbers. feels like there's been very few games with all three of the big three. Like Giannis is out. Drew gets sick. Chris gets mm-hmm. banged up. You know, oh, uh, Chris is or Drew is back. Chris and Giannis are out for that game, right? It's been so few games at all where we've seen the real team, the real rotation. And if you want to go even further, even less games where like, oh, Chris looks like Chris and he's playing with Giannis and Drew. Oh, Pat looks like the Pat we expect, which really has only happened like one or two games this season offensively. I think just some shooting variance there and just some rust. But I so even to go beyond it, like who's been available, just like night to night, like, who looks like the guys we expect? And I, I don't think Chris just stinks now. I don't think Pat is just not a good shooter now. I think it's just going to take some more time once they're on the court. And it looks like Pat's hopefully getting there. Chris, I think, you know, Chris's game was pretty bad. Uh, we don't have to dive too deep. It's just ugly all around, not just Chris, but he was probably the low point. Um, but I, I think we just have not gotten a lot of evidence of what this team is. And I think, honestly, super impressive that they have the record they do, given that. And I think... You know, Giannis, of course, always great. I think we could call out some quote-unquote role players who have a ton to do with this Buck stretch. I'd say the depth has been the most impressive part because guys have stepped up consistently, and that's why the Bucks have the best record in the NBA as we record. Yeah. I mean, even Giannis, I mean, it's <laughs> – I know I've heard you and Rohan talk about it. Adam and I, like, we try to make a point of talking about Giannis. And we all judge him to such a impossibly high standard. Yeah. That like the last few games that he's played, it's been really non Giannis like. It's been a lot of just it, 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 he's searching for something. I don't know necessarily what it is. Yeah. And granted, a lot of it is he is kind of facing old like first couple years under Bud def- that kind of defense. Night in, night out, because they're really loading in and testing the Bucks' shooting limits. Um, and they just, I mean, I, I think at this point, they, they're opposing teams are just trying to get away with what they can with Giannis. That, that much yeah. is clear. Yeah. And obviously, his free throw shooting, um, inconsistencies always will be a story and just all that different things that like have, I don't know, the last, However many weeks, less five, seven games or whatever it is, it's just been not what we come to expect from him. So it, it makes guys like Bobby, who's playing spectacular. Out of his mind, the level. We'll, we'll get to him after we finish this Giannis thought. Bobby yeah. is like, Bobby might, I think it was Brooke early. Bobby's coming up on like under heralded Bucks MVP status for me, the way he's playing Honestly, right now. For sure. Bobby, Grace has been kind of outside of the Rockets game that just had burned a. <laughs> burned a, a bridge too far for me at that night. But, like, he's been very good. Like, there's just so many guys that are stepping up. Even when Drew, before he got hurt, or before he missed a couple of games with non-COVID illness, like, he was really fine on all cylinders. So it's like, and obviously Brooke is just Brooke. He's just super dependable in so many different ways that they have gone to 
great lengths to like really not just make him a spot up shooter at, at you know what we've come to expect. Like I I think this is probably the best year that they've really incorporated him, especially after you know not having him a lot last year during the regular season. But it's it has felt like playoff Brook versus like okay he's just gonna stand in the corner or stand thirty feet behind the three point line, but like occasionally we're gonna need you down low to you know, just get buckets and all that stuff. So I think for me, that's where it's like, it's not just the guys like Bobby, Brooke, Grayson, so on and so forth that are just, you know, obviously playing really well. It's the fact that the Bucks are putting them in much uh, more varied ways to make them succeed and carry the team even more because it has been, because of the revolving door of people that are in and out every game at this point you just need that dependability from some part of your roster or some part of your starting lineup that like, obviously has been <laughs> the case for, for the Bucks so far this year. Definitely. So I think with Giannis, I think, I mean, one, the, what we just talked about, especially like literally Chris and Pat are the two guys who either have not been available or have not been really playing the offense, especially shooting the ball that we expect from them or we're used to. I think that has enabled defenses to take a lot more liberties and then load up. Like Javon Carter is a good shooter. Still doesn't shoot enough. Would love Javon to shoot more. Um, he's, I think he's trying to work in more off dribble, which is good. He was a little cold last time out. But like he's not going to shoot a bunch. Grayson is like kind of it some games in terms of guys who are going to take and make a lot of threes or has been it. You know, we're hoping that that changes. And then if your rotation is like Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen all taking and making a lot of threes. That makes it so much easier for Giannis. But I think that and I, I don't know how related the second point is. Maybe it is somewhat his own shot really falling apart and not even looking at free throws, which that's always been a roller coaster. Threes, like whatever. His three-point percentage is always going to be somewhat similar. It's just always bad. His paint shooter, his like uh, mid-range and closer shooting numbers are really down this year. So he shot 41.5% from mid-range last year. That's 32.5% this year. So about 10% lower, not good. What's even starker, though, is the paint non-restricted area percentage. Giannis shot 40, nearly 41%, 40.8% there on over three looks. So that's like floater range-ish, which he was doing a lot pop of jumpers. Zone. Yeah. Wait, what'd you say? The pop-up zone. The exactly. Johnny Mac staple. The pop-up zone. <laughs> He is roughly the same attempts per game, about 3, 3.2, 3.3, uh, the two seasons, 19.5% from there. So below 20% in that, again, like I don't want to say bunnies. It's not at the rim. That's a different he, – he's 75% restricted area. So he's still getting there, making those. Like we're seeing that. But everything beyond that has just been bad. Like every single – all the threes are bad. None of them are at 30%. So there's been no good corner or anything like that. They're almost all above the break. That's 26%. So I think I think he's just frustrated, and I get it. I mean, defenses are loading up like they haven't been able to, both because of his teammates' play and his play, uh, and really hoping that, that that's what I would love to see from Giannis above anything else is, I mean, free throws would be amazing, of course. I'm not going to say no, but those like between, basically between three feet and the three-point line, being able to make those shots. Because again, I think the three is like, it's fine. I don't think it's that big of a difference maker. Like he's not going to take that many. Hopefully we know where he does his work, but right now he's got to work so hard to score 
because those shots that made, he made look easy last season, the turnarounds and the post-ups and just rising up, just hasn't been there. So that's one thing that I think could be a big deal for Giannis if he can turn it around. And hopefully he can because it's been pretty ugly this season. Yeah. Yeah, that, that to your point, it's not about the threes. It's never really been about the threes as much as it was a big talking point when Bud came. The difference between Giannis like scoring 30 with ease and the difference between Giannis scoring 30 and taking 23 or more shots. That was just an arbitrary number, but but like he has to drive all the time. It's it's so reliant on obviously making shots at the in within the restricted area, but it's also like getting the free throw line and getting there ten times a game. When that doesn't happen, can you kind of you know go into your bag and uh, you know turn around or like do stuff like that? And it's just not like it just it. All those numbers obviously just back up the eye test that it's been harder for him, even though he's averaging the most points he's ever averaged, even in a smaller sample size. But it's just like, it just has felt outside of, you know, stretch here or there, it felt a lot harder for him offensively. And I mean, I would even go as far as like some of the games that, We've seen from him lately. I thought the Bucks played a lot better without him on the floor during those minutes. Yeah. Like it just it the ball moves more. Yeah, ball moves more, and guys are hitting shots, and just kind of it's instead of the expectation of guys standing and just waiting for the ball to come and Giannis manipulating manipulating defenses that way. It's a different animal when things are kind of moving around and you're having defenses always moving instead of like okay. We're going to structure our defense like three guys over here in this yeah. crowd, but Giannis is going to occupy, and then it's just finding the gaps. Yeah, I think that's – that's, and I think I tweeted this. So, yeah, I tweeted it during the Jazz game. It was like I really hope that Giannis and Chris are watching why the team is doing well in this game. Like some guys yeah. had good games. Like that's whatever. That's going to be night to night. But like the ball movement was why. I mean Bobby Portis is playing well. But it's not all ISOs with him. Like, even he's moving the ball. He's career high in assists this season and rebounds, despite being, you know, mostly a bench player. He's got eight starts now, Bobby does. But um, but I think the, the team in general, I agree with you when Giannis isn't in there, the ball moves more. I think he's, he's I think, my read on it, and it's not been all season. It's just, I think lately it's been worse. Yeah. I think, like, the Lakers game, I think, was, a, a, and the Lakers and the Sixers game were two of the worst yeah. ones. It was like the, tur- the Lakers game felt like the turning point that it's yeah. been tougher. Yeah, which unfortunately, you know, Chris's return, Chris played great, and and then it hasn't been as fun since then. But I, I just think that frustration and just like you know the shots not falling for him or for some of the teammates. I think Giannis is probably trying to do a little bit too much at this point offensively. Would love to see him, you know, the old LeBronism fit in, not fit out. I mean, he's Giannis; he's always going to fit out to a certain extent. But I do think, you know, just inc- incorporating more ball movement around him would make his life easier scoring and just how much of the load he has to carry. Because I think the the optimistic swing of this or interpretation is it's a lot of good offensive players on the team. Like when guys yeah. are actually involved in the offense, I mean, we've seen it feels like every week there's a new buck where we're like, wow, I didn't didn't really know who's going to be that capable this this most recent week. Marjan Bochamp, who had what eighteen was it against Utah? And yes, it was. His Four shot threes. looked his shot looked tremendous, like really quick, like really willing. I don't know how much we're going to see him when Chris and Giannis are back healthy, but I don't know. I mean, if he keeps playing like that, it's going to be a little difficult. I, 
love Wes Matthews, but him making one shot is like a huge deal at this point. It's just where we're at, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Where should we bounce around? We talked about Bobby, Marjan. We can go anywhere. Well, I also I hear here's some numbers. I'm okay, really yeah. For his for his month of December, twenty five and a half minutes per game. As you mentioned, there are a couple of the three of those are starts. Yeah, averaging seventeen points per game, nine point eight rebounds, so nearly a double double. Um, fifty six point three percent shooting from the field, twenty nine percent from three. Yep. Um, still like. It's been I like I will take that that trade off like as much as you want super efficient Bobby, I mean it'd be great if he was scoring even more because obviously if you're hitting a three ball your average your points would be going up. I just think like the run he has been on for a while now, and pretty much close to all year, like he's just been super dependable and like as you mentioned like has been the unheralded most consistent guy, at least offensively for me. And I, I just think it's just, I mean, that stuff makes it a lot easier for like how their offense will be when Bud chooses to rest Giannis, Chris, maybe for games, but like during a game, when we're talking about playoffs and stuff like that, like it's not ideal, but if Jan, or Bobby keeps playing the way he, that he's playing, it just, things are going to breathe a little easier that it doesn't always have to be from like the main three guys. And yeah. that is such a luxury to have. <laughs> Yeah. In so many different ways that like there's something like there's the one thing that like I would say I'm not a big fan of of this season is the freedom to, for him to bring the ball. Up. I knew you were going to say that. Bob, point Bobby has been not ideal. It's not ideal. I think it just <laughs> rushes him a lot more than he has. To. And plus the the beauty of him playing in transition is that he's sneakily fast. Like he'll yeah. get up and down. the. There's a bucket that Drew just a dime that he just threw to him against the jazz that Bobby is just running down the court yeah. and having that asset, especially for a Bucks team that like they aren't playing as fast as they have. So to have a guy that's going to run down the court, whether it's Bobby Marjan, obviously if Giannis doesn't get a rebound, he's always kind of like, Hey, just give me the ball. Javon right. Carter, or right. Yeah. Name guy <laughs> that doesn't have the ball in transition. That isn't Giannis. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, ah, I, it's been an experience, but like yeah. outside of that, it's been he's just been so great. It's insane. Yeah, and the thing about his for the, his speed for a big guy. So even if someone gets down the floor with Bobby in transition, the nice thing is like, okay, is it a guard? Then that that's pretty much as good as Bobby getting right to the rim because you're not yep. you're not holding him. Like he's posting up big guys with no problem. What I love about Bobby's game this year, and I agree, it's so funny that. He's also having this shooting slump, and it just doesn't matter because he hasn't let it matter. Like he's been yeah. so great, but his and we're, uh, you, uh, you said it earlier. I laughed. I'll say it and laugh. His bag, um, his bag around the around the paint anywhere. It's like it's way better than we've ever seen it. It's like yeah, his skill set. It's got to be one of the best offensive players we've seen play for the Bucks. Like not saying top two, but it's not. It's not that far down the list of like since we've been really covering the team in terms of what he's able to do when you get him the ball. Like he'll get to the basket, he'll spin around you, he'll he'll do a typical post up with the hook, offensive rebounds, put back, his jumper went two is really pretty. He'll he'll make everything with his foot on the line from three. He goes back the half step. It's not going in. I don't know what's going on, but again, it's just like, you know what? The rest of the game is so polished, so yeah. and you said it too, consistent. Like 
Mm-hmm. Bobby used to be a guy who would just have the off nights, and then it's like, oh, can you play him? So the defense, yada, yada. He just hasn't had off nights. It's just like, yeah, he's going to get his touches. He's going to score 15-ish points. He's going to grab 10 rebounds. And I think this kind of reminds me of Bud's first year when he like he kind of butted heads with Chris, and then Chris won out, right? And Chris got to play his game. I think that's where we're at with Bobby. Like, I think Bobby re-signing what he adapted to do during the championship run, the fact that he's still here, I think now it's like he has more of a set role offensively carved out for him. And maybe some of that is just because of the injuries. I hope that it's not all because of that. Because these games now, like, Giannis goes out, Bobby comes in, and they're just like, yeah, we're going to post him up six times in a row because the other team yep. just can't do anything about it. He's passing now. Like, if you double him, he'll find the open guy. It's as you said, like it's an insane luxury to just be like, yeah, we're just going to bring this 15 to 10 guy off the bench. You can't guard him and we're just going to let Giannis rest and Bobby's going to score eight points in, you know, 10 trips or whatever. It's great. Yeah. That was that was basically his first quarter against the Jazz where it's like everything is so effortless for him. And I think it's even more like it's even more important for guys within the system. This is year three for him in, in Milwaukee. And it's always we always look at guys like, okay, how can they fit the system? How how can player X? I mean that some of that is happening with trade targets or whatever. That always will happen. But then the more time that you fit in within a team or an ecosystem, all that stuff, it's that you turn that question on itself because it's like, okay, how can Bobby fit within, or how does the Bucks fit within Bobby or Drew yeah. fit with? Because we saw the same stuff to, with Drew. Um, Everything was kind of a reset with Bud is like going back to like how you mentioned with Chris, where it's like there was the early season ups and downs with Chris specifically. And then now that Bud has been here for so long, everybody practically resigned and everything that we've seen come for the Bucks over the last few years. Like that is what has been really part of the great thing to watch this all unfold is like how guys how we view guys is so different to how we started this whole thing because just having that, I don't know, the continuity, the experience, the many battles that they've had (laughs) together and all that stuff. Like you start to learn things and you start to like learn people's processing, processing what they want to get out of their game and all that stuff. And part of that is due to injury this year specifically. Like I think that certainly plays into the factor that Bobby is, really made an imprint on this team even more so than the last couple of years but i just think it's like it, it's really hard for a guy that he doesn't really do he's not like a point guard it's not like Giannis or like he's a point forward or anything like that to be so diverse in how you're scoring and just the different things that you do because he might even his shot might not fall but he's just a magnet for those offensive boards and just muscling guys out of basically right in front of the basket. And he'll get 10 points that way. So like, it's stuff like that, that like, it's really hard for guys like that. I think we kind of take it for granted when it doesn't have, or when it does keep, keeps happy with Bobby. Yeah. But like, that is very hard for someone to do that when they're not like always bringing up the ball or just kind of, it's, it's a very old school, you know, eighties, nineties way of playing. But like, Bobby has brought that to a T and it really fits where the Bucks is right now. He is a very 90s basketball player right now. And I love it. Oh, yeah. I think he's he's really he's shown that if you're good enough that you can just make it work, even if stylistically 
you know, you're not the most modern fit. And what I love, I, I forget who said this. It was like a non-Bucks voice, but it was like, it's so funny that Bobby Portis's reputation pre-Milwaukee was like, oh, I don't know if he's a winner, right? And now it's oh, totally no, flipped. Oh, Zach Lowe. Is, Zach yeah. Lowe, yeah. And it's 100% flipped, right? It's like, oh, yeah, he's a winner. And still, he's still not – I guess he was hitting the threes and that's that was part of it maybe. But like it's not – I don't think that's why you say that. I think it's just like you watch him and it's like – defensively, is he is he outstanding? No. I think he's gotten steadily better throughout his Bucks mm-hmm. tenure. I don't think he's like a glaring um, liability all the time or anything like that. But like yeah. like you said, like I think it's a very Bucksian winner thing of like what can I do if the shot's not falling? And can I do anything? Do I have utility? Bobby does. Bobby Bobby makes yes. something happen every single game. And there's a reason. I, I wanted to look at the home road splits because I feel like at Fiserv, he's especially dynamic. But he's bringing it on the road too. Bobby has been just outstanding. Um Oh man, I could I get fired up talking about Bobby Portis. I just I love I love his season. I'm so happy. I really hope. I think he should. I think he's in a good spot for sixth man of the year. It's gonna be him versus Brogdon, most likely. Um, but if the Bucks can keep winning Mathurin. I just I I just I shouldn't do this with the Pacers, because I did this with their win total and look silly now. I just assume they'll get to a point where he's starting. But yeah, he should be up there. Yeah. We'll see. Marjan Bochamp. Let's just go right to Marjan. That's the, only, that's the other player we talked about earlier. A little bit of a weird season. Certainly just had his high point, I think, or at least a high point against Utah. I just, I still don't think he's going to be a, a consistent rotation guy this year. Unless I, I something weird, I think, would have to happen. Or he would just have to be so impressive. But you look at him, I mean, we could name off the rotation, right? Like the core four, obviously, Chris... Giannis, Drew, Brooke, talked about Bobby a bunch, Pat, Grayson, Javon Carter, the old guys, George Hill, who had a really nice game against Utah, you know. George Hill, redemption season, still in play. Wes Matthews, who Bud plays him like six minutes a game now. I don't really know. I don't know the point of that. Maybe they're just getting him ready. He's going to slowly ramp up over six months. Who knows? There's just so many guys. Ingles now potentially coming back uh, if they ever make a trade. But – Marjan is just so intriguing. Every, even his bad games. Every time I watch him, I'm just like, I'm so intrigued. And I said it in the Discord, and you made fun of me for it because he hit like three threes right after I said it. But I was like, man, I feel like January 24, which sounds really far away. That's like 13 months away. Yeah, I, was, I, I was like, Marjan by then I think is going to be like, oh, he's in the rotation. The game slowed down. He figured some stuff out. I think he could do it earlier than that. It's just going to be uphill because the Bucks have so many guys. But what is your what are your updated thoughts after the explosion against Utah on the Bucks first round draft pick? It's hard not to be very like proud papa with Marjan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like the Bucks finally made a pick. That's that's how it's gonna be like the whole rookie year. And so you're kind of like any positive stuff you're just gonna really latch on to. And before he missed as much time as he did, like he was starting to come down a little bit after like this big Wolves game, made a couple of starts and went through the ups and downs that you would expect and all that stuff. Um, but the way that he just kind of slotted in, hit shots defensively, like there's been enough um, for me to kind of think like, okay, I think he wants to be 
how we talk about like Wes of like, okay, we're going to put you on Tatum and we're going to trust you that, you know, you might get, he might score 50 on you, but we're going to trust you to try to slow him down over the course of the game. I think that is a something that he wants to do. He's not ready for it yet, but like, I forget who it was. Maybe Malik Beasley. He was hitting a couple threes in yeah. the Jazz game, and it's Malik Beasley is a fine player. Like he gets hot, and you know, like the Jazz were over the for- first half. They put Marjan on him, and it was very just like he's fighting through screens, yeah. and he's kind of, you know, it's not just um, beating him through like screens and stuff like that. He would start to kind of inch closer towards him, or a guy that he's passing the ball to, like. There's something there that, like, whether it's that dog in him or whatever, <laughs> the effort level, he definitely wants to be that kind of stopper guy that makes his gifts. Like, he has that with his tools and his gifts and all that stuff. I think that is going to be probably the biggest part of, like, it's great to see him hit threes that's probably going to come and go for a while until he kind of sorts things out. Yeah. But defensively, is like, okay, you're 6'5", you have a seven-foot wingspan, you're it's fast. Long, you're fast. Like fast. you cover so much ground in a little amount of time. Yeah. That's the stuff that like that's that could be special role player stuff of yeah. like the buck swing of the future and all that stuff. And he it's gonna take a while to be there. But for me, like I I just I come away impressed with him every you know however many games that he's really had a feature role in the rotation and stuff like that. But there's going to be enough for us to kind of think that, like, okay, it's not just like, oh, he's a guy at a rookie scale contract that the Bucks can develop. There's something there for him to like really build on from what we've already seen through what eighteen games, yeah, eighteen games. Like Good call. Yeah, this was game eighteen. Yeah, I think I see what Rohan saw now. I think it, it's like the wing dy- dynamism that you just can't replicate. And like mm. Christian Brown is having a fine rookie season, right? Guys like that. It's like, yeah, sure. It's a good player. I think he'd be a good buck, right? But like the the upside of Marjan, and not to single out Christian Brown, but like there's so many wings. It's like, yeah, anyway, even Pat Connaughton, who's like a, a very good player. Like if Marjan ends up that good, that's a huge win for the Bucks. But no one is ever looking at Pat even now and being like, oh man, or even when he was younger, right? I mean, he's obviously bouncy, but it was like, you weren't like, oh, he could be like, what could he be? Could he be a, a playmaking initiator? Like, could he be, you know, like bringing the ball to the floor and running pick and rolls? Like, there's just a different level of like that pop, that comfort with the ball. And Marjan's not all the way there. He still travels all the time. Like, he does a lot of rookie stuff on both ends, defensively too. But I agree, like the want to defend is there. The tools are there. They need to be sharpened. But that's what's great about having Damari Carroll on the coaching staff, Mike Butt, Budenholzer as your head coach, who has developed a wing or two in his career. And as I mentioned before the season, like five veteran wings who could all impart something a little different to Marjan. I mean, Wes with the defense, Chris, everything. Joe Ingles, one of the better playmaking wings around the league the last decade or so. Uh, Grayson Allen, you know how to flop and, and shooting, shooting could probably help with too. Uh, sorry, Grayson, but I just think he's in such a really good spot and it's cool for him that he's going to get some opportunities to play. I think we're going to see more games where the Bucks are like, Oh, we've had, this is our eighth game in 15 nights or whatever. Chris is not going to play. Pat's going to be limited. Wes will play his eight minutes and take one shot. Here you go. Marjani is 20 minutes. Go guard somebody, hit some shots. I thought, 
we, we've seen all the other stuff before. The athleticism too, you just can't, you can't teach it, right? There's nothing you can do about that. He's a, he's a top level athlete. The way he shot, like the way he kind of just like stepped into it very quickly. I was kind of like, whoa, he wasn't shooting like that earlier. It seems like he sped it up a little bit. I know he's working on it actively. I was like, whoa. I know I read something he did an interview, I think, with Justin Garcia, um, where he they talked about like his mechanics. We so wouldn't leave the ball short as much. Really interesting. And I thought, again, I think it's I agree with you. It's gonna come and go as he goes through the season. I like the base he's working with, and it just adds to my ta- the the perception of like, oh yeah, he could be dynamic. Like he's not just like all hit an open three. He's like kind of stepping into him, like almost half off the dribble. Some of these, like, yeah. oh, that's a little different. We don't have a lot of that around here. That that's pretty fun. Well, the other thing too, I mean, he's been whether it's going or seeing Milwaukee or going up to Oshkosh, or however they really do the. It's usually tables. in Milwaukee. That's okay. Although that's he did, he was in Oshkosh the night before the Jazz game. He didn't play. I don't oh. think he was assigned, but he like sat with the team and watched them and everything, and then went back up, which I thought was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, but he's he along with the Nassas are going up against Chris and now most recently Joe Ingles. Like he's getting a look at like what they do and how they the shot prep, all the little ink intricacies if i said that word correctly nailed it nailed it um, um that they bring to the floor and stuff like that that like i'm sure he's just like a sponge out there and just is soaking up everything they can to like really kind of just get his feet wet and really just again build that base of like what he's working with because it's stuff like that like i guys get hot during a rookie year and they could you know pan out to be in the NBA for a couple of years. There's just something about Mars that is, I, I just see him sticking around a long time, whether it's, I, hopefully it's in Milwaukee for, you know, for the rest of his career. But like, there's just something that he picks up on things really quickly. And just that, that kind of quality is very special, even for guys that like, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Giannis or anything like that, but like, if you can do that and really make progress fast and, um, do so on a championship winning team and contending team year in year out. Like that stuff is really special. And, and obviously it's part of why extending this whole era would be even greater for the bucks. The hype is probably getting out of control, but I do think like, he's just exciting. Every, like every time we see him play, I mean, the Grizzlies game was just so depressing. It was like, he didn't shoot well in that game either, but like every time we see him over like a week where he plays a couple of games in real minutes, there is something where you're like, Oh, that's a that's a that's a flash. That's the kind of pop you're looking for from your young player. Where it's like, oh, okay, if we can make this a little more consistent, a little refined, we've got something there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Where, who, who next? You pick. Wide open. Any buck? Uh, any buck? I, of course, would always talk about Brooke. Um, yeah. Let's go Grayson. Okay. I think Grayson, That's a good one. I know Adam and I talked about it on Win and Six. And Adam's whole thing was how everybody views Grayson and any big, you know, large discussion with uh, the Bucks as a whole. It's always about trading Grayson and what his salary can bring. Yep. And we both, I mean, as much as there are times that he frustrates me and there's always going to be lingering doubts. Like, is he going to be all, it's not just about being, you know, currently the starter with when everybody's healthy. Is he going to be that fifth starter out there when things are tight and it's the fourth quarter? And what if a playoff series is on the line or, you know, the further you get down the season, like that is really, it's good to have all these options that Bud has. But again, as last year kind of proved, even without Chris, you may not always make the right decision. Um, and I think Grayson right now, he, how we talked about like the starter, you know, who do you start him or Javon when Chris comes back? I've always felt if the Bucks are to reach their season ceiling, it's with Grayson starting and having a feature role because his skill set and the improvements that he's made, even though he could, you know, stand to not throw the ball in a very <laughs> some tough ones. way. Yeah. But like he has made strides since coming to Milwaukee and is having a better shooting year this year. Um, and I, there are times where it's okay. Can backfire on a couple t- occasions, but like his dribble drive game is really good. Like he's kind of not playing scared when he's, you know, getting through the teeth of the defense and has a seven foot guy waiting to block his shot or whatever. He kind of has like these little extra moves that can kind of shake him off course and and finish it pretty cleanly. So like for me, Grayson's having a really good year. It's it's gonna always be like, okay, do you bite the bullet and trade Crowder for him, or are we gonna kind of assess his whole value to the team? Because as you mentioned, Pat's still working his way back. Wesley Matthews missed some games there, being health and safety protocols, but he's largely kind of like a relief pitcher at this point. Like he's not yeah. He's not playing big minutes. And if he is, I think that might be more of a problem for the Bucks than it is a solution. Yeah. Yeah, so, certainly. So the wing rotation is kind of it's in a, a much different state than I think we anticipated a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I would agree. And I think just to touch quickly on like Crowder and, and trading, just making the trade, right, in general. Um I think Ingles coming back now means they're much less likely to do anything for the next few, several weeks, like probably until about at the deadline. I think they'll do something. It's John Horst. And I think the way things are shaping up for Wara, right? Like, why would he not get traded is where I'm at. And it's not, I think he's had a solid year. It's probably the best Jordan Wara we've seen in, in, in the hole. 
He played, you know, was the last wing, I think, besides Thanasis off the bench, maybe actually after Thanasis, against Utah. And that's just one game, and Bud moves it around. War was coming out earlier before, but... You know, I, I just, I, I don't, I just don't see it. I, I just think it'll probably be at least involving him, whatever happens. But back to the point, Ingles coming back now, a little ahead of schedule. I mean, you know, we yeah. joked about J.I. Christmas surprise, but that was even going to be an optimistic return. We had heard around January, I think is what Horst had said publicly, Bucks GM John Horst. Yep. Like sometime around there, probably New Year. This means the Bucks get, I mean, almost two months to evaluate how he looks before they make any decision at the trade deadline. And I think, I don't want to say fear, but my worry was that, you know, if Ingles is pushed back and you don't want to deal before you see how he looks, you know, is that going to stop you from making a move, from upgrading the roster if you need to, because you just won't see him? They're going to get the reps. Like, they're, they're going to get to see how he looks on this team one way or another. And they're going to have a long time. Like, even if he's rusty for a little bit early, like, this. You know, like six weeks plus before the trade deadline, that's a big that's a big deal for the Bucks. I think to be able to look at him more, and I think if you are the Bucks, that makes you say, "We're not in a hurry." We know we we know they sniffed around Crowder. We don't know what the deal was yet. People assume Grayson. It almost had to be, but you know we we don't know. It wasn't said. I think um, whatever their offer was didn't get the deal done. I think they probably aren't even talking anymore because so many things change in the NBA, including for the Suns, but. I, I think now you get, let's see what Ingles looks like, and then like what do we need? Do we know what we need right now? I I, I still think probably like big wing defense is not a bad idea because you know West has just been a little touch and go. We talked about Marjan not there yet. Maybe next year Marjan's your guy there. I, you don't want to trust him right now. To okay, you got Jason Tatum for the next eight minutes. Like that's that's probably not ideal in the Eastern Conference Finals. You don't want to do that. Maybe he's ready for it. You don't want to have to have him do yeah. that. We're not there. So, and, you know, George Hill, bless his heart with a, you know, torn up neck or whatever. Also not. Also no. I'm sorry. They tried it. I'm good. He, he's been helpful. He's been good. Again, not to. Right. But Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum. It's tough. You'd feel better about a Jay Crowder. Um, but I, I think you just need to see Ingles, see what he looks like first. So I think Grayson, you know, is not going to be on the way out anytime soon. That's for sure. And he shouldn't be. As you mentioned, getting to the rim more. He's shooting his best percentage from two since his sophomore season when he played a bit less and his first Grizzlies year and taking more twos than he took last year with the Bucks, nearly half a two more per game and about a three and a half less per game. So a lot more of his looks are coming at within the arc, which I think is good, diversifying yeah. his shot diet. And I gave Bobby credit for this as well. Also a career high for Grayson Allen for assists per game. Like he's moving the ball a lot more, sometimes to disastrous results. I think – He's cut down on the disasters a little bit. But I did say, I think during the offseason when Rohan and I evaluated him, can we get two assists per game with how much you are moving around with the ball? Grayson's like, yeah, you can have two and a half. That's good. That's meaningful. I think like he's yeah. playing better. The three-point percentage still matters. Like 41% is great. Like he's holding down the bucks in this early part of the season now that Brooke has cooled off a little. That's important, but it's not – like we saw Brent Forbes, right? It's like, okay, if that's all you can do, yeah. there's, there's a ceiling. And it's like – Oh, Brent Forbes is leading, whatever. Like, we know we know where the ceiling is. Grayson has been all around an offensive weapon. That's different. There's still a ceiling given the defense and everything. But he's been fine defensively. He's held up. Again, he's not – you don't want to throw him at Jason Tatum. But he's been fine. But all the other stuff he's done offensively is really going to help him, I think, 
hopefully stay on the floor in the playoffs. I still have questions, concerns, doubts, but I do think he's setting himself up to be much more useful overall, which is good to see maybe some recognition on his and the Bucks part that like, you know, he can't just be shoot three guy because there's just, it's just hard. I mean, God, Duncan Robinson is one of the best shooters we've ever seen, but if that's all you can do, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's again, part of, how does this guy player X fit it within the Bucks? And then the more time you have or with them, it's like, how do you, the Bucks fit around Grayson? And it's a different yeah. conversation in that way because it's always going to be, okay, it's, you know, having a shooter off of Giannis or moving around all the time. Like there's different ways that they've, like, it's a reason why they brought Kyle Korver to the Bucks. And as much as he was, you know, it was his last playing year and all that stuff. That stuff like still affects the team and really brings a value to it. Even if you're playing, you know, he's essentially, he was essentially playing like how Wes Matthews was using or this yeah. year. Yeah. In that sense. You're going to come so, in for eight minutes, do your thing, and you're probably done until like for another quarter. Yeah. And I think for, for Grayson and, and now with Ingles and the big, I mean, Ingles is the big or the Bucks big, you know, newcomer, obviously. Yeah. That stuff is gonna. That's gonna be a big. I've always, I've always been curious of like how when guys comment or come back or reintroduce themselves, or in Joe Ingles' case, introduce them, themselves in, within the rotation. How does that affect someone like Grayson because things are so connected to everything else on the floor and how he's used and all that stuff that like. For a long time, I think even last year it was always like, okay, Gracie, you play so well when you're the Bucks are without you know some machination of Giannis, Chris, or Drew, or Brooke, or whoever. And now it's like you guys are getting healthy, and everybody's nearly healthy, if not everybody. How can you bring your best game to the floor night in, night out? And it, that stuff is not easy for someone like Grayson or um, that is still finding your way within the rotation. I think Bobby is kind of the perfect example of like you're going to have nights where it's like it's not going to work at least the last couple years and things are going to be kind of edgy you don't play practically games four through seven against the nets and then you come out the other side of it and really just become a better player because of it i think that's that's the thing that i think we're all waiting for with grayson is that proving moment yeah and maybe that's coming down the line maybe that comes if the bucks win another title this year that'd be amazing yeah we'll take it <laughs> yeah but like that's i think that's where how i would sum up like i'm 90 percent happy with where we're at it's like what's that extra 10 percent of like that yeah home? yeah I, I do wonder like is it just moving the ball more and getting to the rim because again as we talked about like with shooting like if, if you have something else you can do to still be useful like we talked about with bobby makes a huge difference so yeah hopefully it can be that for grayson with Ingles, I just am like, is he the George Hill upgraded? I think that's kind of the role I look at because I, people look at him as a wing, but his whole thing is ball handling. I'm fascinated to see how they use him, who plays or doesn't play around him. I think hopefully it's pretty much confirmed. I mean, Eric Name of the Athletic did an article talking to Joe Ingles about debuting on, on Monday night. So I think we're there. But I just am like – a, of course, the huge question is like, what does he actually look like? And how is he? It's 10 months, I think, after the ACL. It's a really quick recovery. You know, I know the Bucks kind of credited him for that. 
I think it'll help him kind of hit the ground running a little bit that it seems like he's really effectively ingrained himself into the team. Like everyone that talks about him, I mean, they always say like, you know, he's always talking bleep, like he doesn't shut up or whatever. But it seems like they love him. Like it seems like everyone on the box is like we love having Joe Ingles around. And I think that will ease him as he kind of gets into actually playing now in terms of like they're, even if they're not familiar with playing with him, they're familiar with Ingles. Now it's obviously would have been better if he was healthy and had an offseason and everything. But I think in terms of like a midseason introduction, that will be beneficial to him of like, you know, he's not – I mean, this guy wasn't hurt, but like like DJ Augustine, right? When they signed him a couple of years ago, yeah. like you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying people didn't like DJ Augustine. We didn't hear about it, right? He's just he was there. He didn't really fit in on the court. We didn't hear anything off the court, and then they traded him and got PJ Tucker and won a championship. Like if it was just that kind of guy, it was like yeah, he's a good vet. People people like him. It's fun. It's probably a little harder than if you're Ingles and like you know Drew Holiday. So I, I love this guy because he's always talking crap. I think it's gonna be good. But I, I do wonder, like, what kind of role is it going to be? Is he? Are they going to use him as a wing? Are they going to use him on the ball? What does he want to do? He's been a really effective pick and roll ball handler. I forget who, but somebody with the Bucks talked about like, you know, him and Giannis and pick and roll. We're excited about that. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, are we getting Giannis and more pick and roll? Pretty much anybody on the other side of that's good with me. I'm fascinated to see what what Ingles on the Bucks looks like. I'm hoping it's not just like, you know, oh, you're a wing player. Go look, like, go play like Pat Connaughton. Again, nothing against Pat, who's kind of getting like shades in this podcast. But it's just like Pat's a good wing player. They, they don't ask him to do more. I hope they do ask Ingles to do more than that because I think his skill set is a lot more interesting than just like a 3 and D guy. Yeah, that is – that's the big question, especially when his recovery is – are they going to like kind of stagger him? They're obviously going to you know, bring him up to speed. It's been, you know, a long time, um, obviously missing, even as quick as recovery has been. But like for a guy his age, that time, you know, it, it could be make or break a time with their career. It's a, it, as much as it was such a flyer and part of why when Rohan freaked out during free to see amazing stuff. But, like, there is obvious risk of, like, okay, this is our big, you know, um, signing pretty much beyond bringing back Bobby. This is our, okay, we identified you as, like, the guy that you, that we wanted to bring into our whole ecosystem. I think even they were talking about the Bucks broadcast last night that um, he had offers for more money and all this stuff, but he really liked Milwaukee and obviously. Oh. the chance to play for a championship is always going to woo someone like him at this stage of his career. But for the immediate, you know, you're back. We're going to see what you do and all that stuff. I, I will be interested to see like how quick they are to like bringing him back. It's like you said, like, is he going to be running the offense right away? If it is whatever, like 15 minutes or whatever the case may be. Like, is he going to be running all bench lineups? Is he going to, is Giannis going to play pick a roll? Like all that stuff, like the stuff that we were, you know, kept looking at, like this could really bring the offense to a new level. Just keep things humming for 48 minutes. That stuff is going to be interesting in how much they are willing to get to him or give to him like this soon. And, you know, now that he's coming back that I think, I don't know. I, I, 
obviously I'm excited about it. I am also like trying to keep my expectations within check because you want to see that first rather than yeah. like, this is what you did in Utah, so it's obviously gonna happen here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That Plus wing defense, like five assists per game. I'm sure he's just gonna walk away. No, it's it's complicated. <laughs> and I think like I mentioned, DJ DJ Augustine coming up way more than I expected here. Like I think he was an example of like and not saying Ingles only does this, but like DJ Augustine's thing is like effective pick and roll ball handler. He didn't fit at all, and the Bucks didn't run. They run a little bit more of stuff now, not not too much more, and that was a lot of the reason it didn't work. Was like he just wasn't able to do the Bucksy things. I do think in general this season, the Bucks offense feels a lot less like the Bud Bucks offense we're used to. Like it's almost. I think if you put it side by side, I mean, there's a certain element of like okay. There's a lot of Giannis rampaging that's just never going to change because that's who he is. But I think all this stuff around that, it's probably a little unrecognizable versus like the first Bud year when there was like everyone's in those boxes and they hadn't really yeah. incorporated the dunker yet. It's changed a lot. It's a lot different. So uh, I'm more more optimistic about them working in kind of a wonkier player like Ingles. But yeah, it's, it's a good point of just like I, I have no idea if it's like is it best to – Bring him in in like the ball handler role you expect, or do you just want to get him playing first? It's it's a it's a really good question and a good point to bring up. I have no idea the best way to do that. I do think for folks like myself, high on Javon Carter ball handling, it's probably not great for that. I, I think overall, it's probably a little bit more Javon off the ball. I think that is if let's just assume because it has been Grayson continues starting the bench. Backcourt then of like Javon Carter and Joe Ingles. Let's just forget about George Hill for a second. That's like pretty interesting. Cause then Javon is like your secondary, even on the bench ball handler. If Ingles can step in and do that, I think that does probably help him. Cause I do think, I don't know how much he wants to be on the ball. I know obviously he had the amazing game against the Thunder and whatever, but there's a lot of times where he just doesn't shoot or like wants to defer. Whether he wants to defer or not, he does defer. Yeah. Um, and having Ingles might free him up to do even more defensively and just move off ball, maybe get in better positions. Could be good. It's just it's just a lot to figure out. I do think this season is maybe the hardest for Bud, which sounds weird, but because it's like there's so many mouths no, to feed. There's yep. so many good players. It's like how do we use them all? How do we pick which ones to use and how do we put them in the best spots? It's really difficult, man. Like I'm not – I have not, I think, it almost at all. I, I, there's a couple of minor things. Uh, there always are, right? That like uh, bud criticisms, but like in terms of rotations and stuff, I've just been like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't know either. It's way, it's way too hard, dude. It's like way too many guys. Like I think Warren's played well this year. I think he's probably like 14th on the fifth list of 15 guys of who I want to mm-hmm. see play. Like they're that deep right now, and maybe 15th if you throw Mamu in there. He had a great game against the Jazz, but like figuring this all out, and I think. A trade deadline simplification might be better just for that alone, honestly. But it's obviously you make the wrong call, then it's bad. But I have no idea how to figure out not just the rotation, but also like what do guys actually do? Because that's also a big question. Yeah, that is – I agree with you. I think this is Bud's hardest job um, because – and as Adam and I were openly talking about, this probably is the most talented team the Bucks have had. I mean, even at a late stage career, Joe Ingles, who, as much as we kind of view him as not this, he's that big three four guy that they kind of need in spots. Um, whether he holds up defensively, well, that's obviously the big uh, key coming back from such a devastating injury. But like, 
it's 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 crazy just how much depth that they have when I feel like the takeaway after last year was or maybe not the takeaway, but it, part of the conversation of losing the Celtics in seven games and obviously it was the biggest was not having Chris. But it's like, okay, what what more wings can you add to the mix or what other options can you bolster the 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 whole roster and all that stuff? And obviously they brought everybody back and obviously added Ingles. And to this to to this point in the year, that was the right decision. That the right it was the right decision to hold on to Grace and when trade talks were or trade rumors or People wanting to put him in the trade machine was reaching at an all time high. <laughs> um, George Hill, the same, like, you still got, you still need guys that are going to accept their roles even when they're playing 10 minutes a night or not at all. Like, as much as you, it's very easy to bag on George and he can bring it on to himself by not being as anonymous to games as he can be. It's not, it's not an easy thing that people want to expect or like accept to not play when they are playing on a team as good as the Bucks are. You know I mean? Yeah, I mean, safer goes for West because, you know, it's it just some guys will either accept that and embrace it for what it is, or and I think that was I think even Serge talked about that too because this is the first scene that he's been on where he hasn't been a featured player. Yeah, right? not a, not an every night player basically. Yeah, and it's part of the delicate balance that you have to play with a, a team that's as you know deep as they are and as talented as they are. And you don't want anybody that rocks the boat. It's part yeah. of why when, you know, Thon. Thon Maker. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that as, as you guys know, you guys talk about this. It set off this huge chain reaction that I'm sure the Bucks that year were going to make a big deal because they felt like, okay, things just, you know, clicked into place faster than it did. Thon just threw gasoline on or fire or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, better for you want to say um, that just makes it that much more of like okay, we had to do what we had to do. Um, this year, it's a tougher it's a tougher thing to do. And as I, I you mentioned a lot or earlier before, part of why like all this push to like get Crowder, get Player X, because it's like you feel that ever growing need of like they have to win this year. They can't have any holes on their roster. Give it time. Yeah, I mean, like, Joe Ingles might not work out for this team. It's a very possible outcome in this scenario. But you're not going to know that if you don't give it a chance. And giving a chance is not three or four games. Or seeing how Chris does when he's in and out of the lineup or whatever the case may be. It's Things take a lot of time to gel as we're talking about year three of Bobby, year two of Grayson, year five of Brooke, and just finally, like, all the pieces flowing and really doing all that stuff like I think that's part of to kind of I guess close this conversation or put try to tie it up. It's like, yeah, the Bucks are are could be a lot better than they have been over the last, you know, three to four weeks. But because they are juggling all the different voices and different they have to feed all these different mouths and all that stuff and have more reinforcements on the way. I think that's part of why the this season more so than last year, and I can definitely 100% validate this. There's something kind of 
always exciting about not knowing, like, yeah, it sucked not having Chris and Giannis out there for what ended up being a blowout against the Jazz. But it's part of why it made such a special night to see those guys play and thrive. And so I think there's always going to be something different night in, night out. And hopefully we don't have any long, I'm not getting wood, we don't have any long-standing absences, all that stuff. But not knowing what to expect from the Bucks night in, night out kind of has been, a, um, I don't know, an antithesis of what we've come to expect from the Bucks the last couple of years because yeah. they are such a constant in the NBA. So I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at, I guess, in the last, the grand scheme of things. I agree. I think there is – and just one real quick on trade things. We did the most recent reporting from Sean Sherania that the Bucks horse is doing the thing. There was – I think it literally stated specifically like four second-round draft picks. So I think we are going to see one of those kind of deals from Milwaukee where it's four picks going somewhere plus salary. The other thing about Ingles, and this is why at the time I was like even – like if it doesn't work out, it's still pretty solid because the way they did the contract gives the Bucks so much flexibility. Like they could non-bird rights, bring him back on the same deal if they want to. If it really doesn't work out, and again, we just don't know, we'll see. It's a six million dollar expiring contract that is now trade eligible. And yep. you know, you pair him with Grayson and Wara, and now you're getting like 17 million. And that's like, okay, that's that's a lot of NBA players there. I think I would be pretty surprised if they did a three for one with those three players. But the option's there, and we know the Bucks will be aggressive and try to win a championship. Um, there's so many things that could happen. But Ingles is not listed on the Bucks' injury report for the Pelicans game. So not even questionable or probable. He's good to go. Confirmed, confirmed. Chris Middleton out. Right knee soreness. But Giannis not listed. Nobody else except for A.J. Green, who is not with Team Two-Way. So A.J. will be playing with the Herd. But we will get to see... Joe Ingles with Giannis, so maybe we'll get to see that pick and roll after all. I think what you said, maybe this will be our last thing. I'll see if you have anything else pressing. But it is like maybe the biggest test year for Bucks culture, something that we've talked about and I think does become more obvious like the longer the Bucks go on this run of not, not this season, but just like this run with Giannis and Bud and all the guys of being like consistently great. They have one of the longest playoff streaks in the NBA right now. Because all the the old dogs are falling. I mean, it's it's going to be theirs. I think it's Boston That's is the crazy. only. Is it Boston's the only one longer? I think. I'm not uh, sure, but I mean, you think about. I mean, the Warriors missed it one of these years, Warriors right? Cleveland, obviously. Yeah. Post LeBron, Toronto. Yeah, they're, they're probably up there as well. Toronto might be a little. No, the Tampa longer. season. I think they. Oh yeah, you're they right. They got yeah. Scotty Barnes, so they're they're not in it. I think like. I know. I think Portland had a bad year in there too. Like the Bucks are like. It might be one. Utah. Utah might be the oh. other longest, and obviously it depends on if they yeah. continue it this year. That's a good call. It probably. Yeah. I think Utah is one of the ones. So, yeah. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that might be. I mean, it's been even before. It was like two years, I think, straight before Bud. So, you know, coming up on getting closing on a decade here. The next few seasons. This year's looking like it'll be another one. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's just impressive. It's, you just understand how hard it is to do the more you look around and see whether it's injuries, you know, someone leaving and you know, people leave in non-dramatic fashion, or if it's like the nets, right. Where it's like yeah. kaboom, kablooey. Um, it's just, it's just difficult, but guys like, you know, Serge Ibaka, who I still think like, you know, why wasn't it Yorgos Papianis or whoever else, Costas Antetokounmpo, who now is um, playing for Fenerbahce. A very good team in, in Europe. 
which is probably it's going to be good, I think, for Costas. But you know, why is Serge the backup center? Well, it's hard to talk any player into taking that role, but I think probably easier to talk a Serge Ibaka, who like has made the money, won the championship, played a bu- on a bunch of really good teams. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of just realizes where he's at, and he can he is helping the Bucks. He's having a good season for the role they're asking him, but it's just limited. And I think George and West is kind of the same deal. It's going to be interesting. Like, can that just hold up all year? Does anyone get you know more outwardly vocal about that? I'm going to guess no, because I do think like this group is this group is this group, and also Bud I think largely looks out for the vets and they play enough. But you know, we're not. I don't think we're going to see like West starting and playing 28 minutes no. probably ever again. Like, it's no. just. The, the team is loaded, you know, injuries maybe, but even with some injuries this year, there's just been other guys. You know, that's the the benefit and the, the hard part of building a deep roster, which certainly not going to complain about it. Uh, and injuries do always come up, it seems, for every team. But it is a test of like, can everyone stay on the same page and just focus on the one goal of winning? So far, there's no evidence to say anything but yes. And I'll bet on this group figuring out the chemistry and the culture. But it is like, you know, you can't do this season if you do, if you have a group where it's like, you know, the, a player like Giannis or Chris or Drew, any of those guys are like, I'm not doing enough. Or Brooke is like, I'd like to shoot more than one time per second half, right? Like yeah. if any of those guys, because it starts with those guys and then I think it's easy to go to the rest of the team. But I think you get that core four who are all like, yeah, we don't care. Like whatever. Like Drew missed 100 shots. No one's mad at him. It doesn't matter. Or whoever else. I I think it is like this is all possible because of that special group and what they've got. And like Bud deserves credit, Giannis, everyone really. But it's going to be interesting to see like does it ever waver at all? And if it doesn't, like it won't be talked about much because obviously we have so much other stuff to talk about. We only got to like six players in this podcast. But if it doesn't, it's worth shouting out again because it's like it's hard to do, man. It's hard to have a team with this many capable NBA players where no one is like – I should really be shooting more. Yeah. And I mean, to that, to that end, and I think this is going to be a bigger discussion, obviously, if, you know, the trade day line comes or inches closer and all that stuff. As much as you, we get sucked into the names and all that stuff and how, you know, someone could fit and make the Bucks even better. You don't know what you got until it's gone kind of thing, you know, yep. when it comes to that. And so much of this year and, the offseason in particular was about maintaining the Bucks culture and really, as you mentioned, it's been a long this is five years now. And the fact that we've been talking about the Bucks to contend for a title that long and to have that it, it started from can the Bucks win a playoff series to can the Bucks win it all? And we're talking about that year in, year out. Like that is a <laughs> let's not forget where we came from. So it's it's more about like, okay maintaining this over time and again at so far this year it's been worth it for them to do what they did yeah. now keep it going keep it up and having guys when everybody comes back healthy can they make this even better than they you know anticipated that being that's obviously a big question that has yet to be answered but i i really like where we're headed even if things have been kind of getting rocky you know uh, Memphis Grizzlies lost, <laughs> notwithstanding, or whatever. <laughs> it's so funny that we have that game, and then like two days later, the Bucks are the first seed in the NBA. That's just yeah. hilarious. Like they look like it's... the worst team to ever play <laughs> basketball. Um, and I will say one last thing. 
I thought this at the time. I certainly think it now looking around. The some inside but mostly outside Wisconsin reactions to the Bucks offseason. Good this whole pod, but it's gonna be an E now. They were fucking dumb. It was fucking dumb what people were saying. Like, oh, it's so boring. What do you mean it's boring? Pat Pat Connaughton opts in and extends. Bobby Portis resigns for the most they could give him. And he he pushed for it. He got it. Right now, you're looking like, yeah, he deserved it. He deserves more. Like, maybe they should renegotiate that, give him more money. They can't, but it would be nice if they could. Bring Javon Carter back, who that's looking like a really good move now. And that's someone who is going to be on early bird rights this next season. You can keep him for longer. Bring West back for more depth. You add Marjan Bochamp, who everyone's excited about. You bring in Joe Ingles, which TBD, but hopefully good. Like, But it, the fact that the NBA media, I saw that was like such a soapbox thing to say, but it, everyone is so conditioned to be like, how did you improve? And it's it's like like standing pat is this horrible thing. Keeping your good players is good. I mean, they were a championship contender. They took the Boston Celtics to seven games without Chris Middleton. They brought back that group plus Marjan plus Joe Ingles. And there were so many like so boring. They didn't add enough. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. What? Like, I I just, there's such a misunderstanding of like one, like what the option, like, oh, they needed to get uh, Otto Porter Jr. who's played five games this year. And maybe it would have been nice. Who knows? But it's just like so, so weird to me, the reaction at the time. And I think now it looks even funnier. I remember I was seeing the Bulls get a better grade because they re-signed Zach Levine and brought in Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond. And I was like, what are, what are we ranking if that's better? They stink. They have no shooters. And oh, look, they have no shooters and they stink. It's just it's just silly that it was like it was pined for the Bucks to, you know, oh, let's just keep all these guys who are great fits on and off the court, won a championship together, get a little bit better while we're doing it. I just think it's just had to get that off my chest again. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had you had to bring out the flamethrower. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah, it's not always about the new thing, new thing, new thing. And just yeah. like when it comes down to it, it's about winning games of what you believe in most of like, do you have the pieces that can do that? Great. Why mess with a good thing? I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I didn't kind of understand it a couple years ago as like the more I got into the NBA and the Bucks and as they, especially as they get good. And then now that it's like, they did the damn thing, and it's still not good enough because they're not going after this guy. They're not going to trade for this guy or yeah. this guy and stuff like that. It's like that, that is always going to be the case whether you won a title or not. It's yeah. like, I don't know. It's so maddening. And I think it is like a, it is a small market tax thing, right? Like I'm sure San Antonio yeah. was reading these same things year in and year out of like, Oh, I was just going to rely on Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. That's pretty foolish, I think. Like, I'm sure they were, and they were like, yeah, of course we are. Like, <laughs> we're going to go win a couple more championships. Obviously, dummy. Um, but yeah, it is. It, I think, it, you know, if it's like, if it was the Lakers, what are the headlines if they re sign those guys, right? I mean, I, I hear every damn week on national podcasts imagine if they still had Alex Caruso and they could add that five points per game. What would their team look like? Like if they had re-signed Alex Caruso, I think uh, Rob Polinka, executive of the year, they would have been like, they kept Caruso. What more could you do? And the Bucks are like, yeah, we have all our role players back. Yeah. Mm. You know, 
maybe you should have gutted your core and gotten, you know, whatever. I don't even know who was moving this offseason, right? But anyway, speaking of the flamethrower, we would like GSPN listeners, content consumers to take it to us. If you're still listening past my yelling, uh, we've got a survey, the GSPN survey, content survey. It's about everything. Eurostep, winning six, cruising, talking, talk, not talking, tot. Uh, Make time for this. Um, That's all the podcast, right? Yep. Um, And the Discord and playbacks and Substack and even some theoretical things. You know, premium content? Who knows? You know. Let us know what you think. It's on the link tree. It's the top thing on the link tree as long as I remember to put it on there between editing this podcast and uploading it. Um, but yeah, we just want we want an idea of what people really like, what you all think we could do better, what you want to see from us, what you don't really care about. And please do be honest and tell us. Yes. Like if, if you don't care about something, like we'd like to know that we want to use the time that we have, which is limited for all of us. Not like we're dying. We're just busy. To make that clear, we're not all. Hopefully, <laughs> you're going to a very existential way. <laughs> <laughs> These limited years we have remaining. Limited years. I mean, Elon's coming for us. Yeah, state of the world, maybe <laughs> That's true, too. Um, but we want to use our limited days left on this earth properly to make the best Milwaukee Bucks and Brewers and Green Bay Packers and everything else content possible. So please let us know. Please take the survey. Very much appreciate you for doing that. Who doesn't love some market research? <laughs> Come on, support us. Yeah, it doesn't it's very easy to go through. Be as honest as you can be. Yeah. Um, it'll give us some things to grow up or our little venture here. And you know, maybe we'll tease out some things down hmm. the line of what could happen. Yeah. We just got really high right here. <laughs> so yeah. It's real hot on playbacks. Yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, I forgot. I was going to say something else. I was going to make a Utah Jazz owner joke because I think it was like Qualtrics, but it wasn't really going to land. <laughs> there was going to be something else. Yeah, I, I, forgot about that. I forgot oh, the name of that. I remember the joke. Uh, we want to get better every day like the Bucks. So help right. us do that and, and take the survey, please. Uh, GSPN.info. You can find it where you find all of our other stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think, Jordan, anything else? Any last Bucks thoughts? No. I have, I have been properly satisfied with our Bucks conversation. See, it's good service. He's given probably a four. It sounds like he's given this pot a four, which will – out of five, not out of ten. And we'll, oh, we'll okay. take that. I was like four out of ten. No, 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 no. I, that's, that'd be pretty low. I'm at about a 4.8. I don't think you can do that on the server. I was so. actually – 4.8 was invited by. I was like, there, there we go. That was a good one. That was a good one. Let's round it up to five. Um, so everyone take the survey, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. All sorts of platforms you can find the podcast. So please go check it out. Subscribe if you're not already. Or if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe there. And go check out the podcast platform for all of Winning 6, which are not always uploaded on YouTube. So make sure to be on a pod platform. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. There's a bunch of them. Uh, if you need help finding one, let us know. Or go to gspn.info. Follow the Substack. Subscribe there. I've got a Joe Wieskamp article coming out. Q&A with him on the herd. Join the Discord. That's also at gspn.info. Buy some merch. Tell your friends. Everything else. Rate and review. Thanks for listening. You can tell Rohan usually does this. Um, (laughs) Pod random. We'll talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.